The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. Drive by car. Do you come with the car? Oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to Rubber Soul. If you, That's right. If you made me pick a Beatles record to bring to a desert island, it might be this one for me. Wow. But maybe High I'll praise. Ch- but maybe I'll change my mind as we go through this record. You never know. <laughs> that, that's what I call a tease. Yes. He's an album teaser. Took <laughs> he me took me there. one side there. <laughs> mm. Well, I think this song is a fun one. It's a good way to start an album. I mean, the the English version, it starts... The English yes. version of Rubber Soul, the proper one, starts with this. I've just seen a face starts it in America. Yes. Uh, this is the first of two consecutive, quote, comedy records, end quote, the Beatles made. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, this reminds me of childhood because WCBS-FM used the beep, 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 yeah, for their traffic reports. Mm-hmm. Um, the Baby I Love You, I always found intriguing ever since I was a wee lad and I realized that's what they were saying. You know, I'm, I'm being serious here. It's, it's not, and Baby I'll Love You. No, I, I mean, I thought so the first 50 times I heard it, probably. But no, it's Maybe I'll Love You. Wow. That changes the song a whole lot. It really does. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Paul uh, admitted that originally it was a disaster because it was called Golden Rings, and rings doesn't rhyme with many things. It rhymes with things, but it was a bad idea. But John and Paul... They hacked it out in one of their three-hour sessions, and then they they got the hang of it. Um, The song contained clear sexual overtones from the first verses, you could do something in between, Mm -hmm. to the suggestive promises of a better time. Mm -hmm. Paul pointed out that Drive My Car was an old blues euphemism for sex, so in the end, all is revealed. Black humor crept in and saved the day. It wrote itself then. I find that very often, once you get the good idea, things write themselves. Mm-hmm. The arrangement was suggested by George Harrison, who had been listening to Otis Redding's Respect, then a minor hit. And George knows all the hits, minor and major. Uh, he was a big record collector guy. He yes. knew all that stuff. George suggested that the bass and guitar parts should play similar lines in an approximation of Redding's bass-heavy sound. So Otis Redding really influencing the Fabs. Absolutely. Lately. I mean, they've always been influenced by, like, uh, you know, R&B and soul music, but it's been, it's just very, very obvious in this period. And Paul always complained that, uh, in particular, Paul complained that the... uh, the soul music coming from America uh, always had the bass was always louder, and they could never do it right in in England. 
And it wasn't until a little later, later on in the Beatles catalog, where it was satisfactory to Mr. McCartney's taste. I think it only became that way at the very, very, very end. <laughs> well, I guess that's up for debate, but well, we'll get to it. It's been suge- suggested that the song also refers to the relationship between Celia Black and her then boyfriend, Bobby Willis, whom she later married. Black was both a friend of the Beatles and a protege of Brian Epstein. As the TV miniseries Scylla revealed, Willis was also offered a recording contract by Epstein as the Blonde Bombshell from Boodle. Mm. But Scylla made him turn it down. He had to play second fiddle. In other words, his sh- the chauffeur for Scylla. But you can do something in between. Mm-hmm. Like what? Like, like what? Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, this song and, and really album really reminds me of like my senior year of high school and, and my car, I guess, considering we're talking huh? about driving a car. Uh, I had a. 90- Are we though? <laughs> Are we though? Are we? Um, all right, let's just take it literally. All right, I had a 92 Honda and the radio did not work. Mm. <laughs> Nothing about it worked. So I drove around with a CD booklet and a battery-powered boombox in the passenger seat for months. <laughs> so, I, And this was one of the CDs I had. And it would always, like, skip anytime I would hit a bump in my you know, 92 Honda. <laughs> Uh, but when I got a car radio for Christmas, um, uh, I had a family friend help me hook it up, and we discovered that only the left speaker worked in the car. <laughs> the back mm. left speaker was the only speaker that worked. So I spent more, even more time listening to this record, but only heard half of it. <laughs> so just if you want to picture, you know, seventeen-year-old me listening to Rubber Soul, just, you know, don't listen to the right side. Just take out your earphone. And that was me listening to Rubber Soul. <laughs> you heard, missed a lot of stuff. That reminds me of uh, the, the infamously, the New York Times review of Sgt. Pepper was, was one of the few bad uh, negative ones. And then it turned out that the writer's uh, stereo speakers were, were busted. Like oh, he really? only heard, yeah, he only heard like half of Sergeant Pepper, really. Um, and then, like many years later, he heard it for the first time properly, and he still was like, "Yeah." <laughs> so, he doubled down. He doubled down. I, I think. Um, I think the, his initial experience like colored his thoughts on it sure. forever. Yeah, this I think, song was. Well, yeah. What's that? Oh no, I was gonna say, yeah, Sergeant Pepper's one of those where it's like, yeah, you kind of need to hear the whole thing. Uh huh. Yeah, just a bit. So yeah, Rubber Soul, the, the it was separated. Yeah, ser- the stereo separation, especially on like the. I mean, I had like the 1987 CD. Um, it was horrendous. Like it's notorious. It was notoriously bad back in the day, and it wasn't much better in in the 1987 digital CD version. But when the mono box came out a few years later, that was a big day for me. So I could actually hear all of, all of the Beatles early stuff. And it Um, became your desert Island record. You know, I think it became, I think it was my desert Island record while I was driving around with my boom box. I think 
Wow. The song was covered by Elmo. <laughs> Does Elmo know all the uh, double entendres? Who's to say? Ian. Uh, the Donnas. Remember the Donnas? I remember the Donnas. They covered this on 2005's This Bird Has Flown, a 40th anniversary tribute to River Soul, which you turned me on to last night. Yes. I it's, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it a few times in the... Mm-hmm. Good comp. And, and you covered this song. I've covered this song, yes. Can we hear it anywhere? Uh, I'd have to pull that up from 2008 somewhere. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's Love the one I, I'd want to share. <laughs> I'm just going to uh, venture a guess. <laughs> all right. Love count four. Side count. Babe count one. Babe count? Yeah, I don't think we had a babe before. No. No. Be that as a may, the Josie scale is this so better than your love buddy outfield. I say, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah, this song's great. Rubber Soul, it's a great, great opening to a great record. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine.